0: Welcome back to Soul Back. This is the R&B Podcast. Kyle here. I've got Tom and Ed with me. So guys, I gotta be honest with you. We have some special guests today in the building. So I don't know how much time we're gonna have to talk about this regular stuff that we usually do. So um, just to all the listeners out there, anything from the new music to the player, please. We're gonna actually save that for the next episode, um, if that's cool with you guys. But without further ado, because I know this is gonna be a long one, we have... Tom, who's the special guest?
1: I'm really excited, too, because 112 was one of my favorite groups growing up in the 90s. They're still one of my favorite groups now. I want to always show them respect. They deserve legends. We've got Mike from 112 joining us on the podcast today. What's up, Mike? Hey,
2: what's happening, guys? How are you? We doing good, on Mike. On good on. Yeah, bro. Glad to be here.
1: And let me just say, Mike, thank you, um, you know, for always showing us support over the years. You were one of the first interviews we did for, you know, I got sold when we first got started. Showed us love back then. You've always showed us love. So thank you, Mike. We appreciate all your support over the years.
2: Hey, listen so you guys, like, uh, like we were talking off, off air, but uh, it's just refreshing to know that there are some guys that are out there that really appreciate the music aspect of it and not all the hoopla that goes around it, man. So I, I appreciate the honesty that you guys are, are coming with with the podcast. So, you know, you know, I got so, they got me anytime, man, just because of the fact that you guys keep it 1,000, just keep it about the music. So, uh, big ups to you guys.
0: For sure. So, Mike, before, you know, you got on the podcast, we were just talking, and Tom, you mentioned earlier that 112, one of your favorite groups ever. Um, Just talk about your impact of, Mike and his group um, as you were growing up into your teenage and early adult years? Uh,
1: Mike, I didn't want to say this on the air, but 112 was was probably my favorite group growing up. And when I was in high school, my AOL instant messenger screen name was TL Room 112, because I love the Room 112 album. I didn't want to say that on the uh, air, but man.
2: <laughs> but, yeah, bro, I'm, that's creepy.
1: Come on, I was a big fan. Right? Come on, yeah, I'm proud to say. I'm proud to say that it's, it's grown from. I'm a. Big, I was a big fan. Now I'm a big supporter of the group, so I can appreciate as come full circle. You know what I mean?
2: I, I, I'll take it, bro. I'll take that man. But, I, I'm just messing with you anyway, bro. But yeah,
1: I appreciate
2: it. But, Thank you,
1: for you Saying know, what we were all thinking. It's oh man, <laughs> the thing is, when we, when, when we look back on 112 you know, first few albums, man. It's like that was a moment in R&B, the Room 112 album, the debut 112 album, Part 3 album. That was a moment. Like, those albums are classic albums. You know, what what do you look at as the impact those albums had on R&B?
2: Well, here's the thing, man. Like, being signed to Bad Boy at that time, we were really trying to figure out where we fit because at the time, Bad Boy was... And I remember this poster like it was like it was yesterday, bro. It's like a a baby. He's, he's like he's got his fingers like uh motioning like he's got a gun in his hand. I know we were, we were you know fat, romanticizing the times, but but you know it was the early '90s, so bear with me. So it was a baby. He had his uh, diaper on. He had his uh those big ass uh, uh yeah uh, baby clockers and shoes and stuff. And then he had the, like <laughs> yeah. this. He had the, his hand like you know like he had a gun in his hand. And then the caption read, "And I quote: Strictly hip hop music." Now, at the time we were balladeers, we had no hip hop to our name whatsoever. Like we we wouldn't know hip hop if it bit if us on the ass. That's that's how green we were as far as hip hop was concerned. Yeah, we knew of uh, the Eric being the Tribe Called Quest. We knew a big and the whole nine, but it wasn't in our souls like R and B was. You know what I mean? The Joe the you know the Boys to Men, the you know the Commissions and the Take Six, if, if you will. So when we saw that. And we and we understood that Puffy had an interest in us. We were like, uh, how does this gonna work? You know, because, you know, this dude was, mm. you know, just strictly hip hop music and, you know, we were R and B uh, R and B singers, man. So the brilliance of Puff was he understood that, okay, we know that y'all boys can sing, but it's a million other singers out there. What's gonna separate you guys from, you know, the rest of the R and B field? And it just so happened that it was that hip hop and R and B fold that 112 helped create, if not created, as far as R uh, male R and B is concerned. And the reason why I say that, the reason why I can lay claims to that is, tell me another group prior to 112 that could give you up tempo records but with R and B singles. I wait, right. right. I wait. You know, because I mean? 12 right. 12 innovated that man. 12 started that. And you know, of course, we with some humble dudes, you know, uh, you know, as I you know, uh, speak about it, off oh, the hubris. But uh, you know, we were we were the innovators of that that whole style, man, because nobody was doing that prior to it. Back in the day, you had your cassette tapes, right? And, and you know, I know the kids are like, "What the hell is a cassette tape?" But uh, for if you guys that don't know, it was a it was a it was a, a plastic cassette that had songs on it that had uh, filled with tape, you know, and it had their songs on it, that. So so the kids, so the kids can understand what the hell I'm talking about. But um uh, back then you had an A side and you had a B side. The A side was all a hit. The B side was like the stuff that was, that could have been a hit but really didn't make it, you know or really wasn't considered a single or whatever. The B side normally had the R B singer with the up tempo record. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, to see back in the day, I gotta love, I wanna give you, but tell me that was on the B side of the of the of the cassette that I had, you know what I'm mm-hmm. so, so those were the records that you know wasn't really considered to be singles, but still had that that kind of energy. One twelve made it cool for you to have that on your A side, you know what i With the only you, the it's over now, the peaches and creams, the dance with me, you know what I mean? So that was that was the our niche. That was our innovation. That was the reason why we did the uh we did only you the way that we did only you. Because we knew we had to separate ourselves from the rest of the pack. We knew Drew Hill was coming out, um uh, oh. Jet was out at the time, you know what I mean? It was uh who else was coming out? Lante was coming out at that time, you know, it was a lot of R and B groups that were coming out. So we made had to make sure that the first, second, third album was something that people could remember and associate with Bad Boy, but not associate to the point where they feel like, oh, okay, this ain't true to what Bad
0: Boy is. You know what I mean? So, Yeah. Well. Ed, it's crazy because, you know, you review albums all the time, and you've gone on record to say that Twelve's first three albums are all five stars, which is a rarity in, in any reviewer thing. But let's explain to the people, Ed, what's a five-star album to you? Because 112 has three, according to you. Well, right. um...
3: And- And let me make that a little further and clarify a little bit more, because that discussion we had over on Soul & Stereo about that was that when it came to 90s R&B, nobody had a 1-2-3 punch like 112. The only other artist that had that 1-2-3 punch was Mary J. I'm talking about one album after one album after one album with the same level of consistency. Even the Tony Braxton's couldn't do that. Even the boys, the men's couldn't do that. I mean, that's elite That's elite quality. And what a five-star album is, and I know we like to throw around the word classic today, like old diapers. But what a five-star album is, is an album that from front to back has consistency, that tells a story, and that is able to keep you captivated through the whole thing. Not just, oh, this got three four tracks on that I like, and I skipped those. And I really like these three or four tracks, so I'm going to say it's five stars. No, I'm saying from the front to the back, including those interludes, you have to have a cohesive piece of work. And I feel like, Mike, when I listen to albums and review albums in 2019, it's been a long time since I gave anybody, hip-hop or R&B, 5 stars because albums don't have that consistency that they used to have in your era. So from your opinion, Mike, what's missing in today's albums where that consistency isn't there like it used to be.
2: Uh, Ed, let me tell you, first of all, let me say, I want Ed for president. You <laughs> know, go ahead and nominate this guy, you know, for president. Uh, but uh, honestly, bro, what's missing today is there's an a, a, a oversimplification of the music nowadays. And what I mean by that is music is too simple to me, in my opinion. Uh, it, it's, it's just a, it's you. It's a two or three melodies, at most, that they're all using, you know. And 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 it's the reason why I think it's so popular now is because the the common denominator, which is the oversimplification, everybody can can sing along to it. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're a singer, if you're if you're an R and B singer and like you're a true R and B singer, like bro, I, I grew up having an operatic background, you know what I mean? Like growing up singing opera for four years. You know that before I got into one twelve. You know what I mean? So that you know, that that's kinda like where my you know, my background has started from. Everybody don't have that same background. So when you when a kid listens to music, they wanna be able to sing alone to it. You know, and which is which is, you know, quite honestly an a, a, a very you know, nice frame of mind or a very good frame of mind to be in. However, it got oversimplified to me to where, you know, people are just, hey okay, man, this is all we want. We don't want anything that sounds complex. We don't want anything. And it's not, push, it's not pushing these kids to delve deeper because you hear it. You hear the talent in these artists that are here now. Like I, I can't take anything away from these artists that are making, you know, music nowadays because of the fact they are making music, and it is extremely hard. You know, despite what people say, but at the same time, nobody's pushing these kids to delve deeper into who they are as musicians. You know what I mean? Um, it's it's we got to do better about that. You know what I mean? We got to ask more of our artists. When I when when one twelve first got into the game, we had what we call artist development, where they mm-hmm. they they put it in. They they basically beat into us the the not well not literally, but well. Well, that's a whole other story. But you know, <laughs> you know I want to get—I want this conversation to get dark, man. You know what I mean? But um, it's a—it's a over whatever they would—they would just drill into our heads that you, um, your know, choreography, uh, interview training, um, uh, you know, we had to—we had to go to uh, vocal coaching. You know, it was just a whole lot of things. Now that these kids aren't doing today, that really would just take that whole music to a whole nother level. But the thing is, nobody's telling them this because they're already making music and already making money. So it's like, you know, why, why if if it ain't broke, then why are we trying to fix it? Kind of thing. Well, the problem with that is that next generation is gonna oversimplify this generation, you know, that generation of music, and then it's just gonna be well, it's it's not even gonna be special anymore, bro. It's like it's gonna be like, hey man, anybody and their mama can, you know, put a record out right now, you know. And and to me, we we got to do a better job of. Making this an art form the same way rock, you know, views their music as an art form. The way that uh, Bob Dylan can get a Nobel uh, Prize for you know uh, uh, for com- uh, what is it was it lyrics or composure or, or it was something written or something like that. But it, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you know and, and and I'm seeing progress you know because of, of uh, Kendrick Lamar getting a Pulitzer. You know, saying that was you know that was un, that was unheard of, you know, for us uh, ten twenty years ago. So I'm seeing progress, but at the same time, it's it's not enough in my opinion. You know, and it's not a black-white thing or whatever. It's just a music thing. You know what I mean? And we should just really start taking, looking at R&B artists more as musicians and artists than just oh, okay, he can just sing, or you know, the, the, that's okay. So that yeah, that I know, I, I know I went a long way around the world, man. But I, that's kind of like my you know my mind frame of you know where where it is right now.
1: I ain't mad at it. And you're preaching, Mike, but let me circle back real quick to end this debate once and for all, because we debate this nonstop. The Part 3 album, yes or no, is it, in your opinion, Mike, is it a classic?
2: Yes. That's the end of you know, it? I mean, the, the reason why, I mean, you know, yes, flat out. But uh, so the reason why I say that Part 3 was a classic because only because of how consistent the album was from uh, from beginning to end. Like, you listening to that record, the album lets you know, like, bro, like, from the beginning of that album to the end, you were going to hear a great album. And that's what we set out to do. Like, our whole goal, it wasn't a fluke that our first three albums were, uh, you know, from the beginning to end, something that you could just turn on and then just let it play. That was by design. You know what I mean? Like, we, we set out and our goal was to make music that, from beginning to end, that you could listen to that whole album. Now, the last album that we did, Q, Mike, Some the it was the same mind frame. Now, not, I will be honest with you. I'm going to be 100% honest with you guys.
4: Uh-oh, uh-oh. All of
2: our albums, in, in my opinion, all of our albums weren't classic albums. You know what I mean? Like, the first first album, in my opinion, the third album, in my opinion, were classic albums. Like, not one the, one not 12 album, 12? What? Room one twelve has oh Room One Twenty had some great songs on there man and, and the and the vibe of it, but that was it, it was some personal things going on. Like that first single, okay. we did not like that all first right. single at all. Love me, we did mm. not like it at all. And I think really? that's really what Wow. Yeah, and I think that was that was really one of the things, man, that kinda drove us away from it feeling like a classic to us because that was you know, as and and I love Leslie I love Leslie and I love Leslie Braidwick. You know, he he produced uh some uh the record for us. And this is no slight to him, but we didn't agree with that being the first single. We wanted anywhere to be the first single, and mm-hmm. um, and, and because of that, we felt like you know it it it, it didn't do what the album didn't do what we want, initially wanted it to do. And there was some other controversial stuff going on too. We wanted "Love You Like I Did." Uh, the record label wanted "Your Letter," so it kind of neither one of them kind of pushed. Yeah, so neither one of them got the kind of push that we really wanted for both of them. So it was kind of like you had to choose. So uh, we didn't we chose love you like i did, but the record label chose uh your letter and so neither one of them got the the kind of monetary push that you know it it, it needed. You know what i mean? So that was that was some other political stuff going on. too. So it was more political stuff outside of the album as and, and i guess for me to, it felt it was more of a feel or lack of for me the reason why I don't consider it uh, a classic album, but wait, my, you know, my, Mike, hard.
1: hold hold up, Mike. You know you're breaking yep. my heart right now, man. I named my AOL instant messenger <laughs> screen name after this album. You're breaking my oh, heart, man. Know. That's a
2: classic, I, man. I, I, Come I, on. I, I understand, <laughs> bro. Like I, I, I knew I was supposed to. I know I was supposed to keep Room One Twelve up there, man. As far as like one of the <laughs> ones, man. But, you know the the thing that I said about the whole uh, this this whole podcast was like you guys being honest, man. So I had to be honest with you guys. Nah, you we, know, appreciate you know, that. Like, we appreciate
1: yeah, that. We appreciate that. We greatly appreciate yeah,
2: but, that. That was a great story. Yeah. So Damn. yeah, but definitely first the first and the third album to me was classic albums.
0: Yeah, Tom. If it makes you feel better, I could just edit out that whole part about room one twelve and we just keep it moving. I mean, hey, I, I was like. The, fit.
2: <laughs> Let do your tank. Let me do your tank real quick. Rule 112 is one of the classic albums, too. Boom. There you go. There you <laughs> go. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, Moving. Put it in there,
0: Let's move on, guys. All right. <laughs> so, Mike, along with, you know, you guys being one of the best groups of the 90s and the 2000s, you guys have done a lot of work behind the scenes with all production, writing, the whole nine. So what I want to do here. Ed and Tom, you guys feel free to chime in. I'm going to name a song, and then Tom and Ed, you guys can go after. And Mike, I okay. want your initial and immediate reaction to uh, the record with Pink. Uh, Love is such a crazy thing.
2: Love is such a crazy thing. Uh, you know what? We didn't think that that album, that song was going to actually make the album. You know, because it was it was just crazy. It sound it was like so different from what Pink was. You know, initially, and initially she was supposed to be an R&B singer. You know that of course you know she switched out and, and, and turned rock you know which is what she really wanted to do, but we even with that being known, they wanted to put an R and B album out for her, and we just felt like you know that record was like it was cool, but we didn't think it was gonna make the album and it made it. We was like holy shit man, but you know I right, residuals. Let let's do it royalty, you know yeah. So yeah, but that was crazy. That was that was a that was that, that was a shock. So the word that I'm looking for it was a shock.
0: Hmm. What about you, Tom? All right, Mike.
1: So we're gonna go. We're gonna keep it with the theme of the Room One Twelve album. I'm gonna name two songs because there's two songs on the album I can't even listen to anymore. Because I'm I'm happily married now, man. But these songs are too sad, man. Funny Feelings <laughs> and Your Letter. I can't even listen to these songs anymore, man. What's up with those two?
2: Okay, those those records. Diane Warren did Your Letter, and uh, yeah. what was the other? The, the other one was what?
1: Funny Feelings.
2: Funny Feelings. Okay, yeah. So uh, funny feelings, bro. We wanted an acoustic. We wanted another acoustic record. We wanted to do a a Cupid point two, uh, 2.0, point oh. Uh, but you know, even it, even though it had an acoustic feel, it didn't end up being like Q, Cupid. Was like a moment in time. You know what I mean? But funny feelings. It was still a great record, but it, it didn't live up to the to the you know the 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 vision that we had as far as like it being the next you know the the, the next version of Cupid. So. You know, because Cuba was still being played while we were doing Funny Feelings, you know, it was just crazy. But um, Funny Feelings, to me, man, it was it was just one of those acoustic records that we always wanted to do. Because the crazy thing is, we had an album. I don't I don't know if you guys uh, saw on Instagram a couple of days ago, but Tim uh, Tim from Tim and Bob, the the, the critically acclaimed yeah. producer Duke yep. duo. They were. He was playing some records that we. Yeah, we, he was playing some records from our uh, that was supposed to be on the fourth album, the Hot and Wet album. Didn't make the album. He's got. He's got a, a million records of one twelve that did did not make the album for whatever reason it did not make the album. Like people don't realize, man. We having a whole. We have damn near a whole acoustic EP at least of just mm. of just acoustic sound. Wow. You know, acoustic records or whatever, man. And we wanted to do an acoustic song on you know, Room 112, so that's where Funny Feelings came into play, um, it, it, it was just, it was a beautiful record, and, and, you know, even though we wasn't really, my frame-wise, in that, that mode of thinking or whatever, man, when we, when we heard the record, we heard the song, we're like, bro, we gotta have it, so that was, you know, Eric, uh, Eric Robeson, uh, Robert, Robeson, yeah, wrote the, wrote the record, man, and, and, uh, it was, it was just super dope, bro.
0: Nice. What about you, Ed? What do you have for Mike?
3: Now, you know your boy got to um, throw a wrench in it, and I got to switch it up for you, Mike. So, okay. You know, back in the 90s, Bad Boy was the basically the hit house for remixes. Like, when you want a remix, you came through. And a lot of times, 112 was part of those hot remixes. So a couple of days uh-huh. ago, I was listening to one of my favorite remixes, and I want to see if you have some input on the creation of this song. This was the Isley Brothers, Lil Kim, One Twelve, Angela Williams, float floating on your love. Mr. Yeah, Biggs, I know you got it.
2: Floating, on, floating, on, floating, floating, floating. Don't you know I want love? You know the crazy thing is Kelly Price is in there too.
3: Oh, that is Kelly. I never noticed that. Yeah, He's Kelly. It. Yeah, that's.
2: It. that's yeah, that's Kelly Price singing. Don't you know? Want you love? Don't you yep, know? Need her. your love. And the crazy thing about that, bro, that's how Kelly got signed to Island and um uh out because of Island because she was she was working with 112 at the time and the Osley brothers came in and we started because we were also uh we were also signed to bad boy as writers. So when Puff was working with Mr. Big, aka Ron Osley, Kelly Price was in the uh, studio with us as well. They heard her sing, and they immediately signed her because she wasn't signed to Bad Boy at the time because we had faith. So, right. So, so he so he automatically scooped up. That's how she got her deal, you know, with uh with Island. That's,
3: That's, crazy. Crazy. That's crazy.
2: That's crazy. Yep. Yep. I'm gonna tell you something. Damn. I'm gonna tell you a fun fact too, bro. I'm gonna tell you something else funny too. <laughs> In that video, you know, because we're green to the whole scenario, man, of doing of of of, of doing videos and how you gotta look at the camera and lick your lips and do the hello hazel eyes with <laughs> girls and all this. So we new to all this stuff, man. Right? This is our this officially is our first video that we're doing that, that features one twelve, right? So we don't know what right. the hell we're doing, man. So our crazy behinds are trying to figure out the harmonies for the the, the, the hook that we did for a video. <laughs> right? I know just think about wow. that for a minute. Now you can't hear it.
0: You ain't, no, you're you ain't. not going to be
2: able to hear. We're, su- we're such sticklers, and we're so green to this whole scenario that if you go back and look at that video, you can see I'm, over, I'm like, I'm pointing at, uh, I'm, I'm, like, pointing my fingers, and, you know, we're doing, we're trying to figure out the, the hook. We're trying to figure out the, <laughs> the notes for the hook at this point. Puff runs over because he, not- he's, he notices that we're not paying attention to the camera because, you know, we're over there trying to figure out a note. Puff runs over there and curses us out. He's like, yo, what the fuck are y'all doing? Fucking look at the video. What are y'all fucking doing? So we're like, bro, we're trying to get the note, and then we're like, ah, oh, they can't hear this. No, they can't hear that, though. <laughs> so we're like, duh, you know. But it's that was the that was the mind frame, bro. Like they just showed you how green. Like that was our first video, bro. We didn't know what the hell we were doing, man. So you know, like again, that was like another moment in time where. You know, this is our first video. We're supposed to be ecstatic. We're supposed to be energized and just happy to just be there. And Puff comes in with the guillotine and just lops our head completely off, bro. Like, it was the funniest shit. Going back, listening to it, and just thinking about it now, it was the funniest shit, bro.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love
2: y'all
3: commitment to the music, though. At the end of the day, y'all wanted to get the music right. Like we wanted to get man, it right,
2: bro. We wanted to get it right. Man, us, why, get it. Oh, teach these babies. Teach them, Mike. I'm trying, bro. Like, but you know, I'm looked at it now as a as a as a figurehead now, man. It's like they respect us, you know, because we OGs and You know, I keep hearing that nowadays. OG, OG. OG. I'm man, I'm not old, bro. You know, <laughs> I still wear the same clothes, y'all. Well, you know what I mean. So, you know, it's it, it, it's just crazy, man, to me. And then it, it, it's really crazy how they'll say 112 is old school, but then still look at Jay Z as as something current. I'm like, you all know this dude almost fifty, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, was you know, out like, before y'all were out. Exactly, and he's older, but he's relevant. It's about It's about relevancy, man. And I get it. You know what I mean? And, and uh, plus, you know, for dudes, being an R&B singer ain't as cool as being a rapper. I get it. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't want to get shot nine times, and you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, nah, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to do that. You know, I didn't want that on my resume as far as like, you know. So I, did, I chose to be a singer. You know, sorry. <laughs>
0: Well, you did get some respect. Um last weekend Kanye, Kim Kardashian went viral, you and Slim singing Cupid. Uh, I think it was on T M Z and the whole thing. Can you just talk about what 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 was going on there? How did that all happen?
2: Well it's it's funny, man, because um we, we have a new single out, uh, Chamberless Puck. Uh it's it's entitled Tonight, Please Go Out and Get it. It's on All Digital Platform. And uh we're we were out there promoting and also uh we had a show uh that, that Saturday. So prior to the show we wanted to meet Kanye because uh our people reached out to his people and we wanted to see if he would do uh a couple of records for our E P. So we when we went out and we met him and he, we started talking music and you know, everything sounded good man and, and um uh, and we were all energized about the, the the potential of us doing some music with him and you know, dude just had an idea. He was like, Look, man, you know, uh y'all are y'all are my girl's favorite group. If uh, if I call her. You know, we y'all please sing "Cupid," and we were like you know, it's Kim Kardashian, duh. You know what I mean? So, of <laughs> course, we'll sing it for her, bro. So that's that's really it was so organic the way that it went down, man. It was nothing planned. It was you know, it was it, 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 clearly you could tell that we caught her off guard, you know. So nothing was really planned. It was it was just something spontaneous that you know, like. You know, musicians and, and artists and creatives do. You know, we're just in the moment, and you know, dude was just the right there, and you uh, know, we we got to talking about music, and then he started talking about how much he loved his wife, and you know, and how much you know we're 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 her favorite group, and you know, it would be awesome if we sung Cupid for her, man, and and that's pretty much how you know that all just happened, man. It was just so spontaneous and organic, and you know, those that's that's when you know that something is being done right. You know, it's not it's not anything forced or anything like that. You just you just go for it, man. You know what
1: I mean? Mike, I gotta ask you something about the current status of the group because you know we love one twelve and this doesn't mean to come off the wrong way, but we saw two new members on the flyer. We noticed they were dancing at your show. I mean are these two dancers that are you know backup dancers with the group now part of the group?
2: No they are not. Uh, officially, 112 now is is slimming myself. Like okay. the dancers the dances are the element because people will accept there being two members of 112 because of the memories that they had. But it has to feel like it did when they last time they saw us. Meaning, it has to be four on stage for something. You know what I mean? Right. So right. what we what we decided to do, man, because the the, the way the show is set up. And um, you guys can attest to this, you know, from the show that we did in Vancouver. Uh, you know, and, and thank God that Slim sings a lot of the leads and stuff, man. So, you know, it was an easy transition, you know, just just to you know to make as far as that goes. As long as it looks, as you know, and as long as we stay within the same parameters that, that you're familiar with with 112, people will accept. You know, change change is inevitable. You know, everybody in here on this on this call and on this podcast has had some change happened in their lives where, number one, they didn't anticipate it, which you never really do, and, you know, it, it, and it didn't stop prevent you from adjusting. And, you know, that was the only thing that we wanted from our fans was just the opportunity to show you that the show can still go on. You know, now with respect to the other two, you know, former members of the group, they decided to go in a different route. Now, rather than us bash them and talk negative about them, we just wished them well. And, and because that, it, it's not for everybody, man, it's lifestyle, isn't for everybody, and eventually you you grow up and you go out, you know, mm. uh, or you know it, it happens sometimes, man. Like you know, but what I another reason why I want us to start being viewed as this, in the same light as a rock band, or whatever, because you know you got a lot of rock bands nowadays, man. When the lead singer of the band is either gone on the glory or he he just doesn't want to do it anymore, and they're still thriving. Like why is that? Mm-hmm. You know, so different for R and B artists. Like why can't we have be afforded that same kind of energy when it comes to our fan base as well like allow us the opportunity to show you that this is still a machine and a brand worth worth getting behind and worth spending you know spending your money on because we're still gonna give you a great show it's still gonna sound like 112 and we're still gonna give you the same energy like you know right well,
1: Mike, let me follow, well, let me follow up by first saying we will always support 112. We will always support Michael Keys. So we really appreciate you keeping it going. But how has the, the, the transition been? We just got to speak for the fans because they're wondering also what's going on. You know, like the group's only two members now. You know, how is it carrying on? How has it been? I won't even lie to you, bro. It,
2: initially, it was hard. 'cause you know you' you're basically you're basically saying goodbye to your other two brothers and stuff like you know it's like i' the the my whole adult life has been with three other dudes wait that that's how that's how weird but you know what i
0: mean
2: <laughs> you know you know what I mean man it's like like the my whole adult life has has been predicated around three other guys making music together, so when Daron and Q decided that they no longer wanted to be a part of this you know, this brand in in that regard, you know, it shook us up, you know, because, like, like, it was a marriage, if you will. And, like, any marriage, man, if you, you know, start going against the grain with that, man, it, it's it's, it's changing, it's different. So I'm not going to lie to you, man, and, and, and say it and act as if, you know, uh, it didn't affect us. Hell, yeah, it affected us, man. You know, our livelihood was in jeopardy, uh, you know, the way that we made money, the way that we fed our kids, and, you know, it was, it was the way that I just, the way that we did everything music is my life bro like this is the only thing that i do on the regular you know what i'm saying so it, it, uh outside of breathing so it this it, it was it was hard but we had to you know put our big boy draws on man and just cowboy up and say listen man don't, they don't want to be a part of it no more that's cool we got to go we got to you know we got a couple of more shows let's get these other two dancers in you know, get these guys energized and hyped because if if I if I circle the people that we employ don't believe it, then the world damn sure they ain't gonna believe it. So we had to, we actually have to just, you know, realize, man, that this is our new reality, and we're just gonna move forward because if not, if we don't believe it, y'all definitely ain't gonna believe
0: it. Mm. Right. Now, Mike. I got to ask about the new music, you know, tonight came out. Talk about that EP a little bit. We're looking forward to that.
2: Okay, see, so the thing is, man, we did, one of the things So we set out, we set out a a master plan, all right, what are we going to do to let the world know that it's only two members of 112 now? Because if you you go and look on all of, you know, my, my Instagram page, you'll see that everything that we put up that has 112 on it, like, you still got some stragglers. You still got a few people that are like, uh, where the other two? Where's Q? Where's the Ron? It's only fifty six, and da 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 da. It, it's, you still got a couple <laughs> of people that are that are still trying to hold on. I wish you guys would get back together and all this other stuff, whatever. So we felt like, man, we 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 have to. They will accept it as long as we're honest about what happened, and as long as we keep giving them good music. So one of the keys was. Bro, in order for, uh, for them to, to, to get the whole four-man thing out of their mind is by creating some new music with just Slim and Myself. That way people will start, you know, they'll they'll always remember the four-man music, but the two-man music can help, you know, alleviate some of that and also help you start realizing that this is what 112 is now. Just like Earth, Wind & Fire did, it went through a, a transition. Just like The Temptation went through a transition. Just like New Edition went through a transition. You know what I mean? Just like boys to men, just like Jodice. Everybody goes through a transition, man, that's you know, that I consider great. You know, and it all it, it just leads, it, it enhances their story, if you will. So one of the key things was let's do a record. We gotta do a record. So we got with Great Scott and um the the writer, his name is Marco, and uh it was just it was a it was a beautiful thing. And again, like I, I spoke about earlier, when you don't have to try hard you know that you're on or something. We didn't have to try hard with this record. It, just, it was it was it was gonna be a hit regardless of who was on it. You know what I mean? The beat mm-hmm. itself could have just could have just rolled without anybody putting up nothing on it. Then the, the Marco comes in and he writes this incredible record that's a little edgy. That that says reminiscent of a anywhere, you know. But it, it's a it's a little bit more edgier, which is the kind of the vibe that we wanted to, you know, uh, get back on. Also, we wanted to make an up tempo record. You know what I mean? Because the last album that we did, it was a great album. It's one of my favorite albums to listen to, to be honest with you. However, it was a little too slow. You know what I mean? It it, it was it was a slow it was a slow album. What What Twelve is known for throughout the world is up tempo. You know what I mean? So we wanted to do a record that that reminded people like, oh man, I forgot these boys had Only You. I forgot they had uh, the It's Over Now. I forgot they had Dance with Me. I forgot they had Peaches and Cream, you know what I mean? It's like these up-tempo records, bro. So that's, that's, that's kind of like the mind frame that we wanted to. And from that, we, we've we just been getting a whole lot of support from the fan base. It's like, man, are y'all going mu- to put out new music? Are y'all going to put out new music? Are y'all going to put out new music? So we said, bro, you know what? We may want to do an EP. So that's where the whole EP, we wanted to test it out and see if, if people would even like the record. And now that we know that people are really digging tonight, we're like, man, you know what, bro? We can do this. Like, we we knew that we could tour, but we wanted to make sure that people were just, you know, not being nostalgic, and you know, we wanted people to like really, really, really want to hear new music from One Twelve, if that makes sense. So that was that was the mind frame that we went when we did the record, man. And the EP actually wasn't initially part of the plan. But, you know, it, it's all about adjustment. And, and the more that we kept hearing people say, yo, we need mu- new music from now, well, from y'all. We need new music, new music. Boom. It's like, all right, well, let's do an EP then, bro.
0: Mm.
1: I'm sorry to ask this, Mike. We're all waiting on pins and needles over here. Did Siggins, Cupid for Kim Kardashian get you those Kanye tracks or EP?
2: You know what? The crazy thing was he actually was talking about doing – um, uh the tracks prior you know even before then man so i'm sure that uh that 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 helped you know (laughs) yeah
1: yeah that's cool man
2: (laughs) yeah fair enough she was she was happy bro she was like really happy so you know anytime we get to do all that stuff man and you know we got a little we got a little flack for that too man because you know about kanye and his politics and all this other stuff and i tell people listen man i'm not a politician i'm a musician you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and our music, and for the last 22 years, almost 23 years, about it's been about spreading love. And what other scenario, what other better scenario can a man have than to have, you know, one of the, I would think, or I would imagine one of the premier R&B groups of our generation to, you know, serenade his wife, man, like that. I thought that was just a kind gesture from one musician to another. It didn't have anything about politics or nothing like that, man. So, you know, I th- I just thought it was crazy how people was just trying to lump all of that in as if we're just one dimensional. You know what I mean? Like I don't I can't have any right. like I said I'm not a politician, but you know, I do I am aware about what's going on in, in the world and stuff and while I do not agree with anything that um uh, that Jay has been talking about with regard to the current president, um, that doesn't mean that I gotta hate the man because, you know, at the end of the day, you're not gonna like everything that I do. And at the end of the right. day he's a musician. You know what I mean? So we just talk to music, man. Like,
3: you know, Jesus Christ. know what I'm saying? I mean, it's no different than if you if a fan was on the street and asked you, you know, hey, what's up, Mike, you're going to
0: be like, who'd you vote for?
3: Like, no, it's just about the music. So hey, exactly. This was a fan exactly. that wanted to hear the song. So y'all just doing exactly. what y'all
0: do. It's crazy because, like, like, we forget that, uh, like, Kanye and Kim, they were fans of 112. And because music moves, moves so fast now, we we forget Absolutely. that, like, people made impact on the genre
2: absolutely absolutely, man and that's that's what we you know when we got into the game man i've been it was to create a legacy man and and it's unfortunate that today in order for you to have a legacy you got to really like be a reality star as opposed to like being what it is that you truly are to the to the game man like I, you know will i do reality tv if the if the if the opportunity presents itself and and i feel like it's something that slim and I you know can 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 bounce off of and you know progress And yeah we'll we'll consider it, but you know I'd rather be a musician, you know what i mean so i you know, I just want to be known for my for what it is that I know that I contribute what the most high put on this need to put on this planet to do like I, I feel like I like if we did reality t v that means that we're being forced in order to do it in order to get quote unquote relevancy you know in today's world. You gotta be, you gotta be on a reality show. You had you had to have had to slap the shit out of somebody, you know that in order to, you know, be relevant. And they ain't got nothing to do with what it is that you actually do, you know what I mean? And I just felt like that's that's just crazy to me.
3: I feel mm-hmm. you, Mike, because now now you preaching because there's so many artists these days that's up and coming. They you will know them from IG, you will know them from reality TV, but like ask somebody to name three of their songs. I mean, somebody named Three Six Nine songs. Can't nobody do it, but you know who he <laughs> is because he wilding out all the time. So right, exactly. Uh, it, it's not about the music anymore.
2: No, absolutely, absolutely not, man. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. what, what made it what made it crazy is was, uh, was the fact that music became so quote unquote um, simplified simplified rather to the point where uh, you can't even you know it, you can't even distinguish you know artists who have been you know, singing for for pretty much forever, and to, you know, with a guy that has, you know, just, just found some kind of melody on a, on a keyboard some damn well, you know what I mean, like the distinction <laughs> between the two, you know what I mean, when it comes, it's like, like I'm sitting here and I'm listening to all these artists and, and I'm like, yo, how in the hell are they making records right now? Like, what did I do all of that practicing and training for? And then, well, all I had to do was just, you know, uh, 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 and then that's a hit, bro. Like I'm like trying to figure that, I was trying to figure that out, man, but, you know, to each is all, man, I guess, what these kids like nowadays, so that's what we're going to get, I never understood that.
0: No, I'm with you, it's all about
3: the wave, you just got to hop on the current wave, and it don't even matter. Yeah.
0: Mike just closing in now, you know, and you can attest to this on your on your website and our website. We always debate about Boys to Men versus Jodice. Can you brief us in on that, Ed? What what what's going on with that discussion? It's been going on for many, many years now.
3: It's been going on forever. I would love for Mike to jump in on this. What I'm realizing, Mike, is that for me, when it comes to the conversation between Boys to Men and Jodice, you know, two of the premier groups of the 90s, it feels like to me that this younger generation of R&B fans, they they give Jodeci the props, they give 112 the props, they give Drew Hill the props, they give J.E. the props. Boyz II Men doesn't really get that much love. And whereas we used to debate, you know, who was better, Jodeci, Boyz II Men, the younger generation always leans toward Jodeci. My theory in that is that Jodeci is just so influential. And when it comes to artists and groups, who have come beyond that in the following years, you really hear that Jodeci sound. Whereas to me, I think Boys and Men is a superior group and has a superior material. But their material just didn't last as long as far as influence. I don't think the influence now they influence a bunch of groups. They they influenced one twelve, for example. But their influence just isn't felt as strongly in twenty nineteen as Jody C's bad boy vibe is. So my question to you is: Number one, Jody versus Boys and Men, who you picking? And number two, why do you think that Boys and Men's legacy isn't remembered as strongly as it is in
2: 2019? Okay, to, I, I I cannot in good faith answer that first question because I, honestly, <laughs> you know, <it's>, I, <laughs> you know, because cause I'm, I'm I'm family to both of them, <laughs> you know, saying, so I, I just. Honestly, like I'm gonna I'm have to sit on the fence with this, I man. Normally, I'm somebody that is that's a straight shooter, and I'll give you, you know, what I'm saying a straight up answer with that, man. With that, I I cannot give you a straight up answer with that. I guess it would all depend on the the the, the context of what you're asking, when you're asking it, what day you're asking it. You know what I mean? If if, <laughs> I, if, if I wanna if, if if I'm with my girl and and you know we want to get nasty, tell. Us it. If if I wanna you know if I wanna be romantic and just have a nice dinner and uh you know just just sit and drink wine all night, boy, it's me. So that that you know, as far as, that's the best way I can answer that. You know, the first part, is. the uh, the second part. Okay, I, I have to ask this question first. Ed, am I allowed to to, to speak free all day yes. long? Yes, one hundred percent. Okay, okay <laughs> Well, let's keep it. Let's keep it one thousand, man. Boys to men is is more along the, the the pop kind of feel, which is with white people. You know, oh. it's, it's the elite. They lean no, more it, towards the white people.
3: Keep
2: it real, though. And Jodeci, it real. and lean more towards black people. Let's just let just it keep it one thousand. Even though boys yep. and men was a black group, they're from Philly, and 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 you can't run up on boys and men because you know they they <laughs> you know they will knock you out. Like don't get it confused. <laughs> they, <laughs> they grow. They grow old men. At the end of the day, you just can't run up on boys and men thinking that you know that they just gonna sing you to you know saying to sleep or whatever. Like they, they you, you can't just run up on them. See what? Happens. But uh, it's 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 really when it's, it's about it's it's cultural. Jodeci represents the the ghetto, the soul. Mm. It represents blackness. You know what I'm saying? was just that chicken and grit whereas boys to men was you know, like I said before, Jodeci was like just like you go into you go to McDonalds, grab a uh, grab a, a a a number one, y'all y'all might Netflix a little bit, but y'all better go to that bedroom and you know it ain't nothing romantic about what y'all finna do. <laughs> Not whereas the number boys one. Men, no. Yeah, the number one with cheese, bro. <laughs> and then, uh, and, but whereas with boys to men, boys to men is you know uh, the the horse drawn carriage, you know the the nice dinner at Ocean Air. You know you're meeting the mama, you're meeting the mama and daddy before y'all leave. You got a croissant. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You uh, like y'all, oh, y'all are definitely. Y'all go into the opera, you know what I mean, afterwards whenever whatever, oh. you come on. It's a it's a bed of roses, you know what I'm saying, with your name. That's that's what boys to men represent. And and it's just cultural, bro. It's like the that music, although it stems in in, in blackness, it, it carried over into the pop realm, which is, you know, with white America and non you know, non people of color are you know, uh they they, they that's that's as comfortable as they were uh, that was as close as they were uh that they're gonna to get to being comfortable with, you know, black music being relevant in their household. They in no mm-hmm. way, shape, form or fashion was they're gonna be accepted, Jodeci was gonna be accepted the way boys and men were gonna be accepted in that world. And mm-hmm. black folks just black folks could just uh could 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 identify with Jodeci just more than they could boys and men. That is the God off the truth, man.
3: I mean, you're not wrong. If you look at the charts, go back to 94, go look at those charts. You can see which songs were on pop, which ones were on the R&B chart. So you're not wrong.
2: Yeah, man. I'm only going off, of, see, I'm a music theorist, bro. Like, like we sat and debated this. Like, trust me, this ain't nothing new that, you know, that, that we used to do the same thing, sit and debate all all day, man, and it would always come up because the pinnacles, of, of, as far as our generation was concerned, like, of course, excluding no, New Edition because the New Edition was its own it was on its, its own barometer. We were talking about right. just singing, you know, I and mean? as far as R and B singing, boys to men and Jodeci. You know what I mean? Those are the two pinnacles of which everybody else is uh, is is of uh, everybody else is measured. So when we first came out, of course, they started attributing us to boys to men. But then they were like, okay, but these dudes can also sing soulfully. So mm-hmm. we actually we actually were a mesh of the two groups, you know, where we didn't That's have the whole grit and vibe that Jodeci had as far as their look. I mean, but we kind of did because we were a bad boy. And we had the black leather and stuff too. So let me let me admit let me omit that. Let me uh let me let me uh amend that that statement. We did have the 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 look of a Jodice as far as like the the black leather and the whole nine, but we had the wholesomeness and the the niceness and the. And not saying that these guys aren't bad guys. I'm not uh, uh nice guys. I'm not saying Joseph is nice. They're awesome dudes, man. They're family men, they awesome people, whatever. But the, the image that the perception that they had was like they were some thugs versus boys and men who were gentle. They just keep it real. Mm. Yep. And
1: you,
3: were, yep. you
2: know and and that was the whole perception of it, man. So that's that's how that's why I believe kids nowadays. You know when they do their their research and they go back and you know listen to all the stuff, man. Like they attribute more to Jodeci because it, it they they're culturally they fit They're close they resemble more of what they're accustomed to versus boys to men. But you know if as far as like having the most successful career is boy to men, hands down.
1: Mm. All right, Mike, you you were too prepared for that argument, so. I'm going to throw something at you that you've, <laughs> you've never thought of before, a debate you've never thought of before. Two artists we're going to throw at you. You ready for oh, this? Oh, here All
3: we right. go. Let's,
1: let's do it. So so Ed, his favorite artist is Keith Sweat, right? And okay. my favorite artist arguably is Music Soul Child. Who are you okay. taking of those two? Who, which artist would you take?
2: Okay, again, it's about context. What is what what's the premise behind you know who I'm, why am I taking one over the other?
0: <laughs>
2: we talk. I mean, about you're not gonna be able to slip me up, bro. Like I'm just I'm no. just saying, you know for war. You're not gonna be able to slip me up. You trip me <laughs> no, up. No, you're right. You got to clarify.
1: But Mike, Mike, we talk. We ask. We, no, over, we ask every guest. We, we ask. We, we ask this to every guest we've had in this podcast. Every artist we okay. had come on join us on this podcast. Which which body of work do you prefer of those two artists?
2: Okay, Keith Sweat is 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 the god is one of the Godfathers along with along with uh, Teddy Riley Slim. You know, like... okay, Slim just came in, but uh, yeah. So <laughs> Keith Sweat and and uh, Teddy are, are like those OGs, those those pinnacles. You know what I mean? Again, we're talking we're talking pinnacles. Whereas with music, Soul Child, vocally, of course, he's 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 superior. To Keith Sweat vocally, but Ooh. the impact that he, the impact that he had on music, Keith Sweat can't be denied. Like we're still quoting, we're still quoting uh, verses from Keith Sweat from from thirty years ago. You know what I mean? So that's the kind of impact. And my thing is about impact. If you're you want to know the who's who, who am I taking? It's like again, I gotta understand the premise. But if we're talking just in a vacuum like the totality of what they contributed to the music scene, yeah, I would have to go Keith Sweat on that only because of his influence and uh and just the fact that this dude gets memes right now still. You know what I'm saying? About, you know, who's doing this, that and the third. Nobody, you know, it's the that's the that's the cultural effect that Keith Sweat had versus music, whereas Music Soul Child is a is a much better singer which I don't even think Keith would deny. You know, its impact on R and B music is not as prevalent as it as Keith Swift is.
3: Mike, you are on the right side of history.
2: <laughs> hey man. Hey man. Hey, yo, when I start hitting you with that, you know, with the so rough, so tough man, it's like, you know, you can do, disagree, but you know, you, you I'm just I'm not wrong. <laughs> I mean, you could disagree with mean, I, You ain't gonna say, I'm, you ain't gonna say I I'm mean, wrong.
1: that's uh all right, well hey Slim, what's up, man? Yo, yo, yo. Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for joining us.
4: Oh man, no, I appreciate it, man. I man, I I was just about I was just about to get a nice little massage, man. I had looked look down and I said, Oh my <laughs> God, how can I miss this right here? Are you but well, you <laughs> definitely gotta you you got definitely got a, my my brother Prince, he's a real realist, you know what I'm saying? So like, I, I I can kinda of tell where this conversation is gone. We you know, us R and B cats, so we we always talk about, you know what I'm saying, relevancy and you know what I'm saying, especially what Jacquees had, uh, basically uh, got got everybody together where you know everybody's talking about who's the king of this or this or that or whatever you know what I'm saying and uh, man yeah like that's an interesting concept like you're talking about legends right here you know i saying you call uh, Teddy Riley and, and Keith Sweat and then let me add on to what Keith, Keith, Keith Sweat he's doing he's doing shows and stuff right now so like we have a platform because of Keith Sweat like right now like so we we still do. We still do arenas and, you know what I'm saying, and big theaters and stuff because of Key sweat So, like, t- even with that, it, it, you know what I mean, having a whole bunch of stuff going on, you know what I mean, you know, as far as, you know what I'm saying, and so re- relevancy and just like my brother said with the memes and, you know what I'm saying, and then what he's still contributing to, you know what I mean, the uh, culture of R&B, he, he's definitely at the top, you know what I'm saying, if not the top.
2: Hell yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Slim, glad that you were able to join us. You know, you just mentioned Jacquees, and this is interesting because, of course, he went on and stated that he was the king of R&B of his generation. So when you guys were coming up and Drew Hill, Jagged, Nex, we're all, you know, with you guys at that same time, did you guys, in your mindset, feel like you guys were the kings of the R&B groups? Like, is that the mindset you had to have to, to succeed? Of
4: course. Of course. I mean, all, all of that, that whole culture, I mean, this was. Is- this is not anything new. I'm pretty sure when the Temptations and the OJs were out, I bet you if you asked them who they felt was the king of R&B, I'm pretty sure they would say themselves. So, you know, that's looking at them as far as, you know what I mean, uh, like, uh, this, these were our idols. And, you know, we plan to be nothing but the best. So, I mean, as far as 112 is concerned, we, looked at, we look at all of our attributes, you know what I'm saying? We could talk about... Uh, everything from just the skeleton of music, like, you know, how we were put together. You you have four lead singers, very four lead strong singers where you have one of the lead singers have a, a very a, a a wild voice that you can't, you know what I mean, I don't sound like anybody else. You know what I'm saying? You, but, but in 112, you have four, you had, you had four lead singers. You know what I'm saying? That could hold their own. So You know, I mean, then you put together you know, I mean, you you put together all of our attributes as far as so We've got Grammys and all that stuff. And as I look around in our in our division, we're the only R and B group with a Grammy. And then we got everybody, and then we got everybody else's awards too. So you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm a little upset that we don't have our NAACP Image Award because I feel like Uh. we have the cleanest. We have the cleanest. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? uh, reputation of everybody. You know what I'm saying? Now, that's just my personal opinion, but you know I could be biased. I know
2: that's right. You know what I'm saying? I know that's right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but,
4: but, but yeah, yeah, you, know, you know, me being black, you know what I'm saying, I mean, that's, that's a, a war I hold very close to a Grammy. So, you know what I'm saying? So I, I definitely feel like that, you know, we, me and my brother, we we have something still to, you know what I mean? We still have a chip on our shoulder. We we still trying to, uh, you know what I mean, get that too. You know what I'm saying? And so, when you think of all of the stuff, everything that we've done, we've contributed to hip hop and R and B. We've worked with the best. Prime the prime the best. The one, the best label, uh, best group, best uh, record sales, best award most awards. Uh, I, I mean, yes. Yes, yes. Of our generation, you have said I can I can stick my chest out and say you have said one twelve is definitely at the pinnacle of uh the groups of hip hop and R and B. I want to hear you guys
1: chime in on something, you know, and thank you, Slim, for joining us. You know, when we saw you guys perform with Jagged Edge and you guys were doing their songs, Jagged Edge was doing 112 songs, man, we were going nuts. That was pretty dope. I mean, that was like we never seen anything like that. What was that moment like for you guys?
2: Well, let me ask you a question, bro. Would you believe believe me if I told you that the Experience Tour is actually – something that we we put into making almost 15 maybe 20 years ago
1: <laughs> crazy no no we wouldn't believe it because we thought you guys were rivals you know what i mean now, we listen, thought you guys
2: listen, listen bro i swear i'm prophetic man because the reason why i quote unquote started this this beef with jackie Edge was uh, the whole reason behind everything now I'm, I'm 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 playing around but i'm being serious so uh, you know understand that it's serious, I'm serious. Yeah. yeah i'm dead i'm dead ass about this this whole this whole concept our whole mind frame was we need to we need to do something that nobody else has seen in R and B, with the exception of The Temptation and The Four Tops, and that was only one episode. That was only one scenario that they did. It was one show, TV show that they did. They didn't go on tour with it or nothing like that. But the idea of it was, you know, we see all these rappers having this, all these this beef. You know, the, it was pock and it was Big, and it was the West Coast versus the East Coast, and you know, it was Coke versus Sprite, and all this other stuff. Man, it was like this <laughs> old mind frame that we had, bro. It was like, why not take why not take that whole mindset and make it applicable to R and B. Now who fits that bill? Well it just so happens at the time Jagged, uh representative of Jaggett was uh was on the local radio station down here saying that Jaggett was the only group in Atlanta that was actually doing anything worth a damn. So we found out, okay, boom. Mm. We got we got our group. We got our, we got the group that that we can identify with, that we're going to attach out the hitch our wagon to. We already knew Jagged from you know from us just being on the the chicken cir- uh, circuit back you know down here. So you know <laughs> it wasn't it was nothing it was nothing you know out of the ordinary. It didn't seem it didn't seem forced. So of course they felt like like Slim said they felt like they were the best group, especially coming out of Atlanta. where once where we felt like we were the best group coming out of Atlanta. So it all played itself out, man, to where uh, the scenario was it was going to be a, a Jagged Edge versus 112, you know, but it was going to be more of a head-to-head kind of thing where the fans decided who did, based on the performance, who was going to be the better group. That was the concept back then. But it got a little too personal. People got in their feelings a little, you know, too much. It was too deep, you know what I mean? like some scars just just refused to heal, and <laughs> And we just couldn't do it that way, you know. And so at, at, over time, it's nothing like being a 40-year-old man and having kids and, and having them go through things for you to understand, like, man, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like when we was kids, we acted like kids. We've grown up time now. Let's, let's secure these legacies. Let's let's submit these legacies and so, this, so the world can understand that, you know, outside of hip-hop, R and B is a mainstay as well. We're a part of Americana too. We're a part of we're a part of this 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 great nation's history, like it. And I know you guys are, you know in, in Canada, so, but uh, we're part of this great nation's you know history, like any other form of music. So why not solidify and cement ourselves in that as well? So that was the premise that we wanted to do. It didn't happen that way, and it took fifteen years for it to get to where we are now. But right. the plan actually happened back in, uh, actually it was, it was a lot, it was like, what, 2002 Slim? So it's actually yeah, 16, yeah, 16, yeah, sixteen, seventeen 17 years, you know what I'm saying, in the right. making or whatever. So that was, that was the whole premise what 112 had planned on doing, we just didn't tell Jackie that. you know what I'm saying? So that was, <laughs> that, was whole, that was the whole problem right there, man. It's like, we, just, we didn't tell That's them what Listen, I didn't think they were going to be believable, you know, believable, bro. Like, you know, I didn't think that they beef was going to be believable. So I was like, nothing like you know, raw emotion <laughs> to make it, to make it seem believable. You know what I'm saying?
4: So Prince, what basically what you are saying is like you basically stuck there like what's now called reality. It, it, it was like reality TV, but <laughs> yeah, you know what? Instead of I didn't, having it on TV, we give just reality something here. Yeah. yeah. I didn't. I didn't think about that, but you know what? The
2: rest of the world, <laughs> y'all welcome. You know, I didn't think about that <laughs> I'm now, but you're welcome, America. You're welcome, the rest of the world. Reality tv and you can't take it from us man i'm i'm on my i'm on my uh uh what's what soldier boy my, uh soldier boy i'm on my yeah yeah, right yeah yeah man yeah uh. yeah we started this shit okay
0: oh <laughs> Swim, since we got you here, um, you know, we were talking to Mike about all the records that you guys have done, produced, written, and, Ed, I'm going to put you on the spot because one of your favorite albums is Kelly Price's debut and 112 wrote on that. Ed, tell him about the songs that 112 did, and Swim, I want to hear, you know, what you remember about writing those songs. Man, oh,
3: my va- my oh, favorite one from that record is, um, oh, I'm blanking on it. You call it, you put me on the spot. What was the joint with um Duran? That he did. You complete me. You complete me. There you go. Yes.
4: That's my day for the win. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. That, that, that record right there, you know what I'm saying? Like I said with Kelly Price, you know what I'm saying? I have to say, I'm going to be totally honest, man, you know, like, uh, Deron, Deron definitely spearheaded the situation. I I, I probably wasn't a big fan of the, uh, uh, that record. Oh more more wow. than probably the other ones or whatever. Mm-hmm. Probably because of uh, uh one of the vocal arrangements or whatever. But Kelly Price by far is like a, a goddess of you know what I'm saying, R and B. And it was just a blessing to be able to, you know what I'm saying, um it was it it was a blessing to be able to work with somebody that we consider a friend. Now we I'm gonna give you a fun fact. Before she had a record deal or whatever, we 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 knew her, we knew of her. We invited her to come to the studio, and we sang with her for about three hours, and at, at the studio, and then we called Puff, trying to see if Puff wanted to sign her. And at the time, Puff was like, "Well, man, you know, I already got faith. You know what I'm saying? Like, we we got faith. You know what I mean? So, you know, but, I, we, but she's definitely extremely talented. That's why you you hear Kelly Price all over the uh, Life After Death album. You know what I'm saying? So. I mean, I mean wow. that that was just a, a blessing. It was just a blessing to, you know what I'm saying, like, it, it's bigger than music with her when it comes to her. Like, we kicked it at a crib. We'd go to church. She, boy, I'm a, she can cook. Goodness gracious a life. And, you know what I'm <laughs> saying, like, man, like, man, we, man, we, we definitely kicked it, you know what I'm saying, it's definitely a family type of situation. So, you know, like, certain artists, you know what I mean, like, we've worked with certain artists, and, you know, it's strictly music, but, that you know, there's a rare situation when, you know, it goes further than the studio. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's actually real family. We know her family. We will go to church with her. you are said, you know, what I'm she knows, you know what I'm saying? So it, it's just one of those things. So yeah, yeah, was, that was real cool. That was a that was that's one of our uh cool cool joints where well, we definitely worked with somebody that was real cool.
3: Slim, it's up uh, before I die. I got to get some because. Kelly Price is cooking. It is legendary. I have never had a taste, but everybody oh, says Kelly be cooking. I got to have some <laughs> oh. for cooking. <laughs> boy, let me tell you something, man.
4: Like
2: everybody talk about patty Labelle,
4: you know what I'm saying? And I, I, I want to test it out. I want to test out. Now I already have my taste. You know what I'm saying? I know how Kelly gets down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we know how she get out So if I can get a shot. Me and my brother, you know what I'm saying, we go up in there, you know what I'm saying? We go up in there and we holler at Patty the Bell and say, You know, you cook for Tyrese. You know what I'm saying? Let us sit down at the table. We we dead from the side. And I just wanna just taste, you know what I'm saying, the candy and the collard greens. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, like give give me some real hardcore, hardcore soul food.
2: And let's yeah. make the
4: comparison and then me and you we can get we can get back on the phone. You know what I'm saying? Then I can say, you know what? Now, when I tasted the fried chicken, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> The chicken was very tender on this side. You know what I'm
2: saying? <laughs> hey, I tell you what. Hey, we made we made that happen. I'm I'm coming out of retirement from, from not eating chicken anymore, man. I would I eat some fried chicken from past. Hold, hold, hold on on yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'll tell you that. Tell I'll tell you what happened now. That that's how good that food was, but Kelly Kelly well, it, it was amazing, but she wanna want to slap the hair for somebody, bro. That's how good that food was, bro. So, uh, I will Man. I will go back to eating chicken again, bro. Like I've I've not wow. I've not had a bird in in uh, in four years. I haven't touched Woo. anything poultry, beef, pork, anything like that in four years. I will come out of retirement today if Kelly Price fixed me a plate. Wow. That's, well, when well, well, y'all get looking. this reality show popping
3: and then y'all cooking, and you need a hoe, I'll let your boy. I'm gonna come through. Yeah. I get yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Come on, man. Come on. Come on down here to the snow, man. Come on. Come on. Ed. We already You already nominated for president, bro. Come on now, man. You know, <laughs> come on, you know. on now, man. Come on now. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't tell I you. I didn't tell you that uh, it, it had given us uh, the first three albums uh, a rating of five. Well, what? Across the, all. Look, yeah. back out the
3: back, out the back. I say what I mean.
4: Wow, 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 wow. President, yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we we got one more random question for you guys before we let you go. We're almost out of time here, but we asked this to all of our guests on the podcast. It's a two-part question, but part one, is there anything interesting you guys put on your tour rider when you perform a show? It was like Anything out of the ordinary that would be interesting? And part two, what is what is your drink of choice?
2: Uh, anything interesting? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Anything interesting? Um, Honestly, no, bro. Honestly, like, it, it, I know it sounds weird and it sounds dull, and I could have easily made up anything, man, at this point. But, about, yeah. you know, we about honesty with this thing, man. Like, honestly, we don't have anything weird or wild on our riders and stuff. Like, we could. But, you know, it's, it's oh, just yeah. man, you know, these do these do have such a hard time, you know, as promoters and stuff, man. Let's get our money right, bro. And and, and make sure our <laughs> microphones working. We'll be your Huckleberry, bro. Like, you know, we won't even make it hard for you. We won't we won't even make it hard for you, bro. Like we won't even dog, don't worry about what's what's supposed to be on the rider, man. Our money right? Oh, okay, good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so that's that's pretty much is, that's it. Not drink a choice. Slim don't really drink. Like I'm I'm yeah. the I'm the uh yeah. I'm the, the current drinker. In the in the, uh, in the in the crew and and I'm pretty much uh, I'm a slut when it comes to 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 drinking man like whatever's clever yeah <laughs> really a, oh, a, man yeah I'm a I'm a cheap date bro I'm a cheap date when it comes to alcohol bro you just put it in my face man I'm drinking <laughs> <laughs> oh man pretty much
1: oh. a slut
2: bro pretty much pretty
1: much a slut yeah all right all right well all right you know we're, we're, we're just not out of time man we we really appreciate you guys for joining us. Man, we love 112. We will always support 112, no matter what the group, you know, any lineup changes or anything, man. Slim and Mike, man, we love you guys. And just love to see that you're coming out with this new music. Keep going with the touring, man. You'll always have our support. Thank you, guys.
2: Oh Oh, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. And again, bro, you can find us on, uh, Instagram, you you always find something, you know, funny on my on on my page. Michael Keith of 112, you go, uh, you're gonna you're gonna get a a zinger from Slim on his page, the official Slim underscore. <laughs> yeah, i will be looking at if you see. I just leave it funny, okay? Like Slim will give you something better that, if you ain't careful. Oh, yeah. It's gonna make you drop your plate, bro. It's gonna, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna make you <laughs> drop your plate from Kelly Price nah, if he, you ain't he. careful, bro, you know
4: if you if you go on Mike's page, man, let me tell you something, man. Hey, you wanna laugh? If you're like, I mean, I, I'm gonna gonna give, you know what I'm saying? That's gonna put out a surgical warning. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you had a surgeon's warning, like you know, for smoking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cigarettes. Yeah. Let me go on and give my warning right now. If you go on Mike's page, <laughs> if you have a bad day or something like that, and I, now I, I'm gonna give it to anybody. You know, you have asthma. You you laugh too hard and you don't have nobody around you. I suggest you not to look on his page because I promise you on everything like i I mean there's been plenty of times I've been at a very nice restaurant, and I just look over and I see the years post them and just my curiosity, I know better I know better you know what I'm saying, <laughs> but I hit that button anyway, and I, oh spit I spit the food all'm like, oh my God, that what my lobster like man I, I mean <laughs> I' tell you this wow I mean anything, any given moment, you know what. We probably gonna go live because tonight, me and my brother, we about to go to Rick Ross birthday party uh, tonight. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, oh yeah, yeah yeah. yeah. It, it was like, so you know what I'm saying. Like, so it, it was like a he he was doing like a like a trendsetters type thing where you know it's like the who's who of Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Anybody that's close to him. So we were invited. So so we're probably gonna go live. So everybody, you all want to see uh, Rick Ross birthday party live? You know what I'm saying? We're gonna do R and B style. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna come out there. I mean, we'll be real fresh. Look up, go on our, the official 112 on our Instagram, the official 112, and we're probably gonna go live. You know what I'm saying? Let everybody see exactly
3: what's going on. Oh, you know, that's what's up.
2: Good, yeah, man. Well. Go get that new single. Go get that new single tonight. It's on all digital platforms, man. Thank y'all so much. We need uh, hey every record counts, every sale counts, man. These Rolexes don't pay for themselves. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And thank you All again, really once great. again, guys, guys, for joining so us, man. We really appreciate it. And uh,
2: right. we love 112. Keep it
0: going. All, All right, right, man.
2: Thank you, man. Thank you, guys.
0: 112. That was Mike and Slim. Slim kind of just popped up at the end there, Tom.
5: Slim was getting his massage on. You know, that touring life is tough. You've got to get your massage in time and from now and again. So props to him for showing up props to mike he was one of the best guests we've had i'd say so and uh, i gotta say
3: (laughs) that was one of our best i thought it was a great guest slim showing up at the end doing a run-in cameo that was cool too i want to have some of this kelly price cooking because they got me all hyped up listen guys i don't care
5: i I don't even care about food really but man now i want to try this kelly price cooking man where can i go who can i reach out to
3: it's legendary. I've been hearing about it since 1998. I got to get me a plate, dog.
0: <laughs> but yeah, shout outs to Mike and Slam. That was a great one. But, um, you know, before we get out of here, and, you know, I want to mention again for everyone that's been waiting on the play of Please and the new music, we're going to actually wait until next week just because that was like an hour in itself. And there was so much content for everyone to digest. So we'll wait until next week for the new music. But, Ed, what's going on with SoInStereo.com? It's been a busy week over
3: at soulandstereo.com. Y'all know how we do. We took a check-in to kind of break down some of the new music of the week, um, including India Ari's new single, Cousin Chris Brown's latest stuff, Lucky Day's new song, new song from J. Cole. We'll get into more details on the R&B songs next week on the podcast, but if you want some immediate thoughts from your boy, go to soulandstereo.com and check that out. Also, I've got a review of the new album from Boogie. Boogie, if you don't know him, is one of um, Eminem's newest signees. To me, it's the first must-hear rap album of 2019. So, if you're dying mm-hmm. for new rap, this is a joint for you. So, Soul and Stereo, your hookup player. Nice.
0: And Tom, what's going on with you? Know I Got Soul uh, We
3: were able, speaking of
5: 112. We, we were able to premiere Daron Jones's single uh summertime on the site so he gave us that he reached out and we premiered that so it's a pretty dope song i know ed likes that one checked out on the site yep uh hoping to have duran as a guest uh in the coming weeks so that should be pretty good um some other new music uh check out on the site we continued our millennials in music uh series with our friend zeppelin and uh we've had breeze steves as a feature this week so check out that interview other than that, just trying to stay on top of what's coming out. So, as always, head over to check out uh, any new music coming out on the site.
0: No, man. As you mentioned, Duran, I had this like evil pinky in the brain idea of putting Slim, Mike, Duran, and Q in on the podcast at the same time without them knowing. And then I realized that's probably a horrible idea. But That would th- be a horrible be. idea. <laughs> Um, we'll get couples therapy together on that but yeah
3: trying to do that would go (laughs) all bad and you have many horrible ideas so that would be near the top Uh, of this that's
0: saying something Ouch! damn but can you imagine the views (laughs) anyways oh yeah it's all about the views (laughs) it's all about the the, the clicks Uh, but I guess that's it for this week's podcast Um, check in with us next week we'll be back on track with the regular stuff but guys until then I guess that's it for this week. I'm going to go and listen to my 112. I hope you guys do the same. This is Kyle here, Tom and Ed, and we're out. Peace.